Welcome to the Advisor Inner Circle Podcast. I am your host, Steve Gordon, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. John Curry. John, welcome. Great to be back on the podcast with you. Good morning, Steve. I'm looking forward to this, uh, especially after the two hours we had one-on-one over breakfast this morning. This is, uh, is going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to have a good time with this. Um, it's it, it really is. Uh, there's so much energy that comes out of those conversations, and I'm, I'm glad we do these recordings right afterwards, um, folks, because um, it, it, energy is an interesting thing. And maybe we'll touch on that a little bit as we go through, John. But um, energy is one of these, uh, I found it to be this, uh, this limitless resource that, that we can generate. And I think you and I generated a lot of energy this morning that's going to take our businesses to even higher levels. And, um, and I think that's, that's one of the secrets. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I've had about three and a half cups of coffee and I had a really hard workout this morning. So I've, I, I, I'm full of energy. Well, let's do this. Since you're on that theme, let's talk about how we started our breakfast this morning when I, cause I've got a long list of things that we covered here, but let's just talk about that theme about energy. So I hear people say, well, you can't get more energy. Yes, you can. You can create the energy. So talk a little bit about for a year now, you hired a trainer. You've been working out. I've been working out over the years. Went from 284 pounds down to around, you know, depending upon 230, 225. But let's talk about that for just a minute. Because if you don't focus on your health and the mindset, you're probably not going to achieve the growth that you're looking for, folks. So let's talk about that. And and before you say anything, I'm going to jump to one more thing. Folks, we love doing this. We're doing this primarily because it's a passion. If no one ever, ever sought us out to give us money, Steve, am I right or wrong? We're just doing this for the fun of it. Heck yeah. And if if somebody finds their way to us from the standpoint of business somehow in the future, that's just gravy. And I hope that somewhere along the way we can talk about cash confidence just a little bit today because that's what allows you to do these things. But back to you, my friend. Yeah, I was just going to say it's that's the only way we can do it is because we have what what our our coach Dan Sullivan calls cash confidence and uh, yeah, you know, John, it's interesting. I I think it's not just about the health. I mean, that certainly um, you've transformed your health, and I it's, it was interesting to watch you go through that transformation. Um, and you started what about five years ago now? I think um, and, seventh year. Yeah, seven. Um, and, um, I mean, it was a dramatic transformation. You, you lost a whole person. Now, I shouldn't say that you didn't lose them. You just released them as you. That's right. Them. I don't call it losing weight, releasing weight. Right. Cause you're not looking for it. You look for things that were lost. That's right. So <laughs> I, I haven't had that kind of a dramatic, uh, visible change. I've lost, I've released about 15 pounds. Um, but I'm stronger than I've ever been. Uh, I'm 48 years old. Uh, this year, I'm in better shape than when I was 18 years old. And I was an athlete in high school. Um, I'm in the best shape I've ever been. And I'm stronger than I've ever been. And I've got more energy than I've ever had in my life. Um, and and that carries over to a lot of areas. And, the, and it carries over in particular. And I think what's most relevant for all of us in business is that it creates confidence. I've always found that there is this really close link between my physical well-being and the level of confidence that I have in every other area of my life. And as, as you told me at one point that uh, 
when I was in a particularly low place in, in business and in life, and you said that one thing you got to focus on is confidence. Everything is confidence. Uh, and I, you know, I've always taken that to heart over the years. That allows you to do things. If you can manufacture that confidence and exercise is one of the ways I do it, uh, it, it really will help propel you forward. But the, the key shift for me, and this is a shift that um, I've made over the years that I'm accelerating, uh, is that uh, I hired a coach. So I had, I had worked out. And we're going to bring this back around to business in a minute because there's a tie-in. So hang with us. But, you know, John, John you know, I, I had kind of worked out on my own for a number of years and I had okay results. I was in reasonable shape, but not great shape. Um, and a year ago, I made the decision that I was going to hire a coach and I went and got a personal trainer. And, um, and working with her, by having someone else do two things. One, they brought expertise that I didn't have. So I'm doing exercises in combinations and in ways that I would never have thought of because I don't have that expertise. But the more critical piece is I have an appointment twice a week with my trainer. My wife and I actually go together. Um, some of the best time we spend with each other during the week has made our relationship so much stronger. But I have an appointment and that appointment is at 5.30 in the morning. Now, getting up at 5.30, because, because I go with my wife, she's got to get ready. We, we get up at 4.45. That is not an hour that I would normally get up. <laughs> but for the last year, I've gone uh, just over 100 times now, twice a week, 30 minutes each. I've invested about 52 to 60 hours, somewhere in that ballpark, um, in my fitness, totally transformed my fitness, but I could not have done it had I not had an appointment with a coach. Or let's touch on those two things you just said. Expertise, okay, combination of, ex of using the right expertise. So you can be an expert in exercise, but that combination, and then from the standpoint of accountability, keeping those, those appointments. So let's tie that into what we talked about this morning at breakfast that will help anyone who's listening from the standpoint of, you've got these big ideas, you got to capture them, and I want you to take a moment and share with the folks what you shared with me yesterday, your, your drawing of your million dollar project, because that is like, a, that came out of you having more confidence, uh, more energy, and more future-based thinking than thinking about the past. So you want to share that now, or you want to do that in another episode? Tell me what you, are you comfortable discussing it now? Yeah, let's, we can get into that, sure. Um, yeah, so I, I was... Uh, on a call with a, a colleague that I'm in a mastermind with. Um, and, and that in and of itself is instructional. But we're on a call and she's explaining to me how she's begun making really big, bold claims. And, um, and I, before everybody that has any fear of compliance starts to have a heart attack, John, we'll bring this back around so it can be applicable. Um, but she is making very big, bold claims in her business and she's actually guaranteeing them. And she's in a business where she can do that. And, um, you know, and, and she kind of challenged me, like, you know, she's like, there's a way you can do that. And, and in doing that, you ought to be able to get paid a lot more money because you're guaranteeing an outcome. Um, and, 
because you're taking on the risk. And, and you know, as I reflected on that, the immediate thing I thought of was that's like selling annuities, isn't it? (laughs) It's guaranteed. It's, uh, it's not too good to be true. As you've taught me, it's too good to be free. But, um, so she challenged me on that and I've been thinking about it and that's been percolating for a few weeks since we had that conversation. And, you know, we talked about team in an earlier podcast, John, and I've really focused on creating a team and that team has freed up some of my time. I had two days free this week where I didn't really have any business commitments. And I took that time to go think and I spent both of those days sitting at a a Starbucks and uh, um, sitting with my iPad, my Apple pencil, and just, just thinking just getting away and thinking. And it brought me back to a couple of key ideas um, from the past. One is something that Jay Abraham, uh, if you don't know who Jay Abraham is, go Google it. Um, Go to his website. He's got all kinds of stuff that he used to sell for a lot of money that he is giving away for free now. But you want to find um, the, the strategy of preeminence from Jay. You can find it on YouTube. There are several versions of the talk that he gave. And the the 10,000 foot view of of Jay's strategy of preeminence is that you have to essentially be in love with your clients to the point that before they've ever paid you, you are treating them as a client. And and he defines the word client. um, and, And it's defined as uh, you know, as someone who is sort of under your care and under your protection or guidance. And as I started thinking about that, John, I thought, well, this, I, I'm, while we're doing very good things for our clients, I know that what we are delivering for them now is actually only one part of the solution that they actually need. And I'll be honest, I was a little bit afraid of what it was going to take both for us to deliver all that they need and, and also of finding the clients that could pay for all that they need. But we know that if we put all of this together, we can completely transform and rapidly grow a professional service practice, whether it's financial advisor, accountant, architect, whatever. We know this is the formula. I've been doing this for 25 years. I grew my own firm um, at once and left that and have built another one. And this is the formula. And, um, and, and, but it came out of this, this thought about this strategy of preeminence, like, and, and one of the things that Jay talks about, John is he talks about, you know, the fact that part of treating someone as a client is, is caring about them enough to sell them all that they need in the quantity that they need with all of the features that they need to get the outcome that they really, really want. And I I think sometimes that takes courage. And I I think, you know, from all my conversations with you, I think for advisors, sometimes that takes a lot of courage to sell someone the complete solution because sometimes it's easier to back off and just get the easy sale today. Do you want to touch on that at all? Well, I don't think it is take courage. I think I know it's courage because you get the idea and you you decide you're going to act on it. But then that little thing called fear creeps in. And if we can summon the courage to take the first step, 
then we discover that it's easier. And the second step, a little bit easier. Like I go back to your, your working out. I remember the conversations where you were working out on your own, doing very well, in fact. <clears throat> but then once you made the decision to hire a trainer, like I did back in 2011, actually, I hired a trainer, same guy for five years, then we broke up one year alone, went back to another guy. <clears throat> but the the key is, can you do it by yourself? Yes. You can get a certain level of success, whether it be in fitness or sales, financial advisor or whatever. But if you have someone around you that that treats you as if you're under their care, then you grow faster. And I think about our relationship. You know, there's 18 years difference in our ages. They're right. Yeah, I'm 66, you're 48, right? 18 years. So something you're old. I am old, but you know what? I'm <laughs> on your heart and, and I'll I'll kick your butt, boy. That's <laughs> probably true. That's but, probably true. But here's 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 the key. Some people will say, well, I'm not gonna hang around with him because he's 48 years old, or I'm not gonna hang around with him because he's 66, we have nothing in common. Well, it's just pure BS. You find the people out there, regardless of their age, and you learn from them and you teach. So you, you, you're not just teaching, you're also the student. Uh, like this morning, how, how many times this morning did we share something that one or, or the other of us said, wow, I can use that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We had no script. We sat down at breakfast yep. this morning at 745. That's, that's, the way, that's the way it always goes, and, and it's useful to have that. So. Um, I know we're sort of all over the place here, but I, I think I think these are important thoughts. I mean, these are things that whenever I'm able to get time away and and think bigger like this, John, I always know that big, big growth follows that. I told you this morning, I made the comment. And I said, you know, I was kind of chuckling. I said, I'm uh, you asked me how I'm feeling. I said, I'm feeling like a spring <laughs> and that spring is compressed down as tight as it can get and it's about to pop and you know and go to a, a whole nother level. all that stored energy is about to be released um, and I've gone through this at various times in my career where you know that that spring has gotten compressed and, and it's interesting the as I've kind of looked back over the last 25 years the commonality in all of that, it always went, it, it was around a time when I, when I invested in coaches and this, I mean, we're not selling coaching. We don't do that, but I, you got to have a coach. I think if you're going to be successful in this, you got to have a coach, however you define that. Um, and it, it's always come around that time because whenever I've been around a coach or in a mastermind group where there's a coach and a group of other entrepreneurs, it's, it's forced me to think bigger than what I was thinking on my own. Um, there's just such power in that. And the result of that is it's always allowed me to serve my clients better. It's always allowed me to make more money. It's always allowed me to transform my team and make them more valuable, both for me and for themselves. And, and, I think that's why I see this as such an important and vital exercise. And so um, that's, that's the importance of it. Uh, I think to me, I t and, and John, you know, you, you mentioned the, the million dollar project. I think we actually ought to cover that in, in the next episode. Okay. Um, 
you know, I hate to be a tease like that, but I, I think we ought to spend time on that. Let's, I, I think we need to dive deeper on, on this idea of having a coach, how to use a coach, how to expand your thinking, because that's really where progress comes from. And, um, and I think we're down that road. So let, let's, let's stay on that track. Um, okay. I agree with you. Let's talk about what uh, we discussed this morning about getting in a car on a Thursday and driving to Atlanta and then driving back Friday night and tell them what's going to happen on Friday and then explain why two knuckleheads would be willing <laughs> to spend $2,500 each to go on a road trip. So let's talk about per, what we're telling yeah. them. Per trip. And that doesn't account staying at the Ritz. Um, so you mentioned, um, uh, that I've, um, been in strategic coach for a while. You, you were in, um, years ago. Um, and, uh, I think I sent these signals out to the universe back in March. I, I told my, uh, program advisor and strategic coach, I'm really looking for, you know, some other, uh, entrepreneurs I can connect with outside the meetings and we can create some accountability and all that, you know, and then, uh, nothing came of that conversation until you told me, yeah, I'm really thinking about getting in strategic coach. I was like, okay, well, the universe has worked. It just didn't send me who I thought it was going to send. <clears throat> but, um, so you've just, uh, rejoined strategic coach. Um, you're going to be in my group. We've decided, uh, the meetings are in Atlanta. We're in Tallahassee. It's about a five hour drive. We've decided we're going to drive up together the day before early, and and have some windshield time in the car and and uh you know and we're gonna pay ten grand a piece for the next year for the privilege of going and then sitting in that <coughs> workshop room for a day and then driving back. So why would we do that? Why wouldn't we just go play golf? Well, um I don't know. Why why you just wrote the check. Why would you do that? Well, let's go back in history just a little bit harder than the past. I heard Dan Sullivan speak at MDRT in nineteen ninety four. And as soon as the main platform session was over, I went straight to his uh, um, exhibit, met Shannon Waller. She became my contact. And I got in in October of 94. I stayed in for three years through 97. Got out for a while, went back for one year, 2003 to 2004. And got out again, which was in hindsight a mistake. But things happen for reasons I've discovered. and. Then I've been thinking about, okay, this concept of uh, on paper, I'm retired. And I said, I'm, I don't want to retire. I have a growth mindset. I'm going to go to another level, have a bigger future than my present or my past. So I said, okay, I'm considering strategic coach again. And I started the conversation with you. And then the question was, do I pay the 25000 a year to be with Dan only? Or do I join your group and be in that group too with him? And after a long discussion, I, I even told Tanya, my contact now at Strategic Coach, I said, look, if it comes down to one or the other, I would go with the one in Atlanta so I could have the time with my buddy Steve Gordon. And she said, well, that's interesting. Tell me why. I said, because every time we're together, our, our brains just mesh and ideas come out that always make us a huge amount of money. And I said, but beyond the money, we grow and we challenge each other and we hold each other accountable. So I know what's going to happen on the way up. We'll talk about things on the way back. We'll talk about ideas that we got from the workshop and how we plan to implement them. 
we will set specific goals that we want each other, as we call it, question our answers on, and it will make us better. It will make us better. And whatever happens in the room, it'll be good, but it won't be as good as what happens in our heads from being in the room and then sharing ideas later. Well, and, and beyond that, you made the statement this morning that, that you were confident that that uh, we'd each get at least a million dollars in revenue out of it, which, if you do the math, is a 100x return on the investment. Yep. That's not bad. I'll take that. Well, let's say it's only 10 times. Let's say it's only 100,000. I take that all day long. Yeah, I feel like the, the what we accomplished this morning will put at least $100,000 this year in our pockets. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And and folks, the, the point of all this isn't just for us to, you know, blow up our egos or pat each other's backs on this. What I hope you get out of it, and not John, I'll let you share what you think folks should get out of it. But what I hope you get out of it is find somebody that you can create that sort of relationship and then find the coaches that you need, um, you know, to, to be able to move yourself forward. Um, John, you know this. I uh, I called you last week and uh, had a, had a conversation with a, um, a a prospecting coach, a teleprospecting coach, and um, which is something that in all my years of business I have never done. Um, and uh, actually, had interviewed her on my podcast, um, and had we'd had a couple of other conversations before that, just kind of getting to know each other. And there was something about, I don't know, I don't recall exactly what she said, but it was something during the course of that time I was interviewing. I'm like, I, I, I there's some compelling reason, like I needed to hire this woman. So I did, I had a meeting with her a couple of days later. I hired her as a coach. Um, we're going to begin a, a, a prospecting program and all of this ties together. And, and I, I think, what I see so often is I see people get stuck and they're not willing to make that kind of investment. Um, you know, and I don't know that there's a way to convince you that you should, but I will tell you that, um, every time I've made it, I have multiplied what comes after that. Um, and, uh, and so I, I'm always looking for where can I add a coach in my life? I got a financial coach. You're, you're listening to him on the other end of this podcast. Um, and so all the areas where I'm not an expert, I'm looking for people who can give me guidance and accountability. And I think those are kind of the two key things. You want someone to question your thinking and guide you in areas where they've got domain knowledge that you don't have and then provide accountability so you actually do the things that are going to make a transformation in your life. And I think a key there is ask people whose opinion you value and trust that will be honest with you and, and not uh, try to uh, uh, do the soft shoe around you. And if you don't agree, you want somebody that will say, I don't agree and not play games. And I think that's where we've been in our relationship. I know, uh, I, I know when I had my heart surgery, you were right there with me, picked me up, take me to lunch, you know, because I couldn't drive, wasn't allowed to drive uh, for a while. But it's, it's things that you go through together that make you stronger and better. So the accountability is big, but find someone, folks, that you can have that conversation with occasionally. And um, I say regularly, at least once a month, if not twice a month, if you can do it. 
uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what happens when you get away. You you made a comment earlier, um, uh, remarking again on what happened with me this week when I was up in Philadelphia at a conference. Um, you want to expand on that? Let's go into that a little bit. I, I was on a panel discussion, folks, with uh, two other advisors at a Lincoln Financial due diligence meeting. Absolutely. Something happened that made me come back thinking bigger. Well, then it ties into the, the reinforces what, what we've talked about. And then in other words, why you and I are paying all this money to get in a car and go drive for, you know, five hours each way. Um, Getting away and getting out of the office creates, um, if you do it right, and I've seen people, I've seen people do it dramatically wrong. If you do it right, um, it it exposes you to new ideas. But just the change of environment will change the way that your brain works. And so, John, you were sharing with me how you're sitting there in. I guess this was on the panel you were on, and you heard someone else who was on the panel talk about how they've created something along the lines of a family office, but not really a family office, but they're, I would almost say they're applying the strategy of preeminence to their financial practice. They're taking this greater level of care and control over certain clients and they're charging accordingly for that. Right. Yes. And so when you heard that idea, what happened? Well, first it happened at dinner on Tuesday night. I, I, I was sitting to the left of the president of uh, Lincoln Financial, and April was sitting to the right. So she was having a conversation with a gentleman whose name's also John. And it was real loud in this restaurant. A lot of people there in this steakhouse, Del Frisco's in Philadelphia. And I could only hear bits and pieces. So I grabbed him afterwards, and I said, tell me more about what you do. And the bottom line is it's like they become the chief financial officer for some of their clients. In some cases, all of them hired. And then as on the panel, he, he, he went first, then Amber and then me, talking about our overall practice of what we do and how we do it. And I had all I had in my hand up there was my pen and a four by six uh, index card that I had folded in half, and I was making notes on it. And he said again to the group what he does and how he does it. So when it came around to my time, I said, I, I, I pointed April out at, up front, and I said uh, at the beginning, I said, April, I just got an idea. We're going to expand on what John's doing. And I said, we have some clients who they're happy with all of their advisors, but the advisors can't do what we do. So what we're going to do is do our version of that, of where we charge them a fee, and, our, and I've got to work with compliance on it, but I know how to do it. So we, let's just say the fee is $10,000, $20,000, whatever is appropriate. But I'm thinking $10,000. And our job would be, look, you got all the advisors. You're happy with them. But who is coordinating all this stuff between the stockbroker, the property and casualty person, the attorney, the CPA? No one. We will do the planning for you. And then our job will be to talk on a quarterly basis. And if something needs to be done, we will guide you back to the other person. I'd recommend at some point you have all of us in the room together and let them know that I'm, my job is to be the head coach. You're the quarterback. I'm the head coach. And they are the assistant coaches or they're the specialty coaches in their field. And she and I are going to talk about it this afternoon. 
And she said, you're committed to this. I said, oh, yeah, we're going to make this happen. Now, there might be different levels. You know, maybe for my members of the Florida retirement system, maybe I do it for 5000 Maybe for the business and professional community, it's 10 to 20. I don't know yet. I don't have that worked out. But what it got me doing was thinking differently that so many of us in the financial advising side, if we don't see an immediate sale, we want to walk away. And what I learned a long time ago is don't do that. Don't walk away. Find a way to get them in my inner circle. I don't care if it's a $10,000 IRA. If it's somebody I want to have a future with, if I've got some little piece in there, we can grow. If I have nothing, maybe I don't grow at all. But that's what it got me thinking is being in that environment, hearing that idea. It's like, I'm not doing what he's doing. I don't want all that headache. But to say to you, Steve, you got other advisors in place. When's the last time you got them in the room together and they all worked on your behalf at the same time because they know what you want? And the answer is never. So why don't we do that? And I'll charge you a fee. And then we'll give you a summary each time. We should talk at least quarterly. You're not talking to all of them now quarterly, I bet. Well, think, think for a minute about the value in just what you said just then for the client. I mean, I, I run a business. I'm busy. I don't have time to go meet with an attorney and then an accountant and then meet with you and whomever else. If you can wrangle them all in a room, there's a lot of value in that. I don't have to go explain everything and deal with all their objections and all of that. That actually serves me. You know, if I'm the right type of client, that serves me, that's valuable. Um, you know, we, we kind of talked in a lot of generalities around coaching and, and ideas and getting away. And I think bringing this all back together so it's practical, John, um, money is an idea. There's nothing more than an idea. It is the idea of value that we each carry in our own mind, correct? Correct. So if money is an idea, then the way that you make money is with ideas. So if you look at everything in the world that you have ever paid for, it all started with an idea. It didn't exist before. Somebody had to have the idea. Somebody had to then present the idea in a way that someone believed was valuable enough to exchange something else they had of value. Now we do it with money because it's convenient. Um, you know, but the, the, the point of all of this is if you want to make more money, you need to be creating bigger and bigger ideas that are more and more exciting for the people that you want to be a hero to. And that's where this million dollar project idea that came from that, um, you know, I'd love to spend a whole episode on that because it's going to be a blueprint for anybody that really wants to get good at marketing. Um, but you know, John, I think your family office idea is that when you came up with the idea, uh, around the secure retirement method and, and early in your career and, and started using that idea as a, a way to sell, you're selling the idea, not the products. All of that is what creates momentum and, and really creates and gets people excited. Because they can buy into those ideas. And it creates value because let's be honest about it. People can go buy any financial product they want elsewhere. They don't have to have me, you, or any other person who's a a financial advisor. They can go get the product. What they can't get is my 45 years of experience 
what they can't get is what I have in my head that I have learned from all these relationships over the years. And I tell people this. I told a lady yesterday, CPS, look, you think you understand annuities, but you've already said two things that are incorrect. Um, may I correct you on those? She says, yes. So I did. She says, I didn't know that. I said, well, of course you don't know that. You're, you're, you are a tax person. You would not need to know that. But you're listening to so many conflicting views and you're Google slapping me. You're going to Google every time I say something. So you got to make a choice. Either do it yourself, find somebody else or work with me. If you're going to work with me, you have to allow me to do my job. You got to allow me to do my job. And I think sometimes that we are so guilty of just trying to rush in and sell a product. So yesterday, she wanted to talk about products. She did her homework. She had narrowed it down. I said, hold it. And I made her get off the whole concept of the products. I said, why would you buy any of those products? Six months ago, you told me how much you hated annuities. And now you're getting closer. So let's talk about why you might even want those. Let's talk about, as, as Dan Sullivan talks about all the time, the dangers, the opportunities, and the strengths. What are the threats that you're dealing with? And when that came out, and so now, now we're getting closer to being able to determine which of these three annuities are best for you. All three are good, but they're designed to do different things. And I happen to represent and use those three annuities all the time. And she didn't know what they were called, but she'd done enough Googling that she had an idea. But the point of that is, if I had just gone down the path six months ago, Steve, of just talking about product, my product's better, my product's better, my product's better, yeah, it would not be fun. Because now you invite competition. But now the competition's out of it totally because it's based on what I know and how I deliver what I know. And that in and of itself creates a value if you learn how to present it. And early on, because of Dan Sullivan's influence, I created my unique process called the Secure Retirement Method. And it allows me to follow a path that I rarely deviate from. I might get off a wee bit, but I get back on. I get back on. Well, you know, you, you said something there that um, I, I think is really critical in this. There, it's easy to jump to wanting to sell the product. Okay. Because you feel like a lot of times that is, that's the goal line you're trying to get over. And it's not that you're not going to make the sale. I mean, that, that, I get that that has to happen, but it's a it's a little tweak to the mindset that, and we talked about this before. You know, I have this this concept of the three sales that you have to make. You have to get them to buy into the idea that they have a problem and that there is a solution first, and you've got to get them second to buy into the idea that you're their guy or you're their gal. You're the one who can deliver the solution, and then and only then. Do the products come? And if you skip those first two steps, making that product sale is awfully darn hard. Isn't it? Yep, I agree. So bringing this all back around, the reason that you want to have a coach is because you want to model the behavior you want your clients to have. You want them to look at you as as their financial coach. Okay. Um, if you're not willing to invest in that, why would they be willing to invest in you as a financial coach for their life? 
you need to model that behavior. The other reason you need to go out and do these things and get out of the office and, and find a way to generate these bigger ideas is that the ideas make the first two sales. The ideas help you communicate to them the, the peril that they are in without your help and the potential transformation that is there for them if they get your help. And it communicates to them why you are different in a world of identical financial advisors. Because it's not the letters after your name. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm offended now. I know you got more letters after your name than in it. And none of your clients are qualified <laughs> to, to determine whether or not you're any good based on those. They see all that, but they're, I mean, honestly, John, I know you've gone through a lot. Don't take this the wrong way. Anybody that's listened to this. Um, I used to have a, 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 a surveying and mapping license and got all kinds of awards and credentials and all that in my old profession. And um, none of that matters. Nobody cares. That, that, that's wonderful around the office and it's useful um, minimally. It's, it's sort of a ticket to the dance but they assume you're qualified by the time they're in your office or they wouldn't be there. Correct. And yeah, I think the bigger issue is what it does for your inner confidence. I know that every time I pass one of those CLU or CHFC or especially my master's degree in financial services, my confidence rose to where I felt better and stronger. Now it doesn't hurt to have the diplomas on the wall to say, you know, master of science, financial services, people who are into education, they see that they like it. But the point is, none of that matters. What matters is get, the person has to believe, yes, I've got the problem. I want a solution. I believe there's a solution out there. And I believe that you are the guy or gal that can help me get there. And then you, bring, you roll out the solution, whether it be products or your services. Like in this case, if we don't sell a product, but we charge a fee, which I'm, I'm doing fee-based planning now. I'm talking about doing something totally different where, hey, we're not going to do any planning. The planning we're going to do is to get you on the right track. And then we're going to tell the other people, we're going to tell you what to tell them you need. And then if you, if you want to get them in a room and we can make that work, we will. But I think you're right. It's the concept of they got to know there's a problem. They've got to want a solution. They got to believe there's a solution and they come to you for your expertise. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we could go on forever um, on this and deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. Um, if you want to do that, I'm happy to continue, but we, I don't want to lose anybody either. So maybe, maybe we ought to break it here. I would like to uh, wrap up here and I'd like to come back to the drawing that you sent me about uh, your big idea. I, I dubbed it the million dollar project this morning. So you might not want to use that name, but that's what I dubbed it because I think it's a great idea and a little teaser here, I don't care where you are in your career, what you're going to hear on the next episode will help you visualize a bigger future for yourself. So is that what we're going to do next? Are you going to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that in the next one. We've, we've teased it sufficiently, I think. <clears throat> All right, we've we got to do it then. So let's wrap up on this one then, and then uh, we'll reconvene in a moment and, and uh, talk about the Million Dollar Project. Awesome. Thanks, John. Great to see you again. And uh, Always love doing these things. Always expands my thinking. Folks, I hope you're getting a great deal of value out of this. We would love to hear from you. 
Um, and the best way for you to let us know that this is helping you is to go to iTunes and leave us a review and leave us a, a five-star rating if you like this. Uh, but we, we'd love to get your comments on it and uh, we hope it's valuable for you. Until next time, this is the Advisor Inner Circle Podcast. Bye, folks. <laughs>